0: Hi, this is Rachel Sher, former Backlot Tour cast member, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane.
1: Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. Now, here's your host, Randy Crane.
2: Welcome to episode thirty two of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. This time I bring you the second and final part of my interview with Rachel Schur. As I mentioned in the intro last week, I'm sure some of you have considered calling or writing in to share a story with me, or even say that you're interested in being interviewed, but you've thought, you know, I'm not famous, I didn't have a high profile or an important job or anything. No one would want to hear from me. Again, I hope this interview shows you that we do want to hear from you. Your stories and who you are is valuable. You don't have to be famous or have had a high-profile or so-called important job to be on Stories of the Magic. In this episode, Rachel talks about her many trips to the world, including a funny one from one of them when she was in college. What it was like going to Disneyland the first time after so many trips to Walt Disney World. The first time she remembers thinking, I'm here, I'm actually doing this. And what her early days in the college program were like. What she loved most about what she did. Being a college campus representative and why she wanted to do it. How these experiences prepared her for what she's doing now. A couple of favorite guest stories. If she regrets not being able to work in her first-choice position that she mentioned in the previous episode, the world-famous Jungle Cruise, the job she would most like to have working for Disney, the first podcast she ever listened to, here's a hint, Beta Mouse Nation lives! What inspires her, and her advice to you for following your dream? Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend... And then it's time to turn the page and continue this story.
3: Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because?
4: Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce.
3: And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast Tales from the Mouse House.
4: And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward.
3: And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077th podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because, we're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts.
4: Yep. Like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. hmm Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows.
3: Like Lost?
4: Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written.
3: And we'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why?
4: Just because. Visit us at justbecausepodcast.com. And
3: in iTunes.
1: Just because. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic.
0: 96 was my bat mitzvah year. So my parents had told me, you could have a big party for your bat mitzvah, or you could take a trip. My brother is older than me. He had elected to take a trip. So I actually wanted both. I'm a have my cake and eat it too kind of person. <laughs>
5: right. And
0: so I elected for a smaller party. And then I took the rest of the money and I took my family to Disney World and I did the budget. My parents said, here's the amount of money you have. Here's a spreadsheet. Do with it what you will. And I was a 13-year-old making my number breakdowns and how much is the hotel going to cost and how much is food going to cost. And I did the whole breakdown to make sure that I had enough money for both the small party and the trip for the four of us to Disney World. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) My party was themed... Disney, so each of my centerpieces had pictures of all of our other trips to Disney World. So they were themed by character. Each table was like Goofy or Pluto or Mickey or Minnie. And the centerpiece was wonderful art cartoons of each of the characters that a friend of the family had done. And then she posted me with all the different characters at various ages. Um, So I guess there must have been more trips. 87? We might have gone 87. I'm not sure. But... We had all the different trips up there for everybody to see and everybody was dressed in Disney theming, and all the food was Disney themed. And um, so then we went to Disney World and then I think we went in 98 and the dance thing was in 2002, or, yeah, 2002 and then I worked there in 2003. We left college for a spring break one year and drove down from Ohio and that was in 2005. You think? And that's a funny story because we got stuck in Florida because there was an ice storm that hit the mountains in between Ohio and Florida. And we couldn't get back because it would have been unsafe. And I missed a midterm exam. And I had to call my professor from the poolside at one of the <laughs> all star resorts and say, I'm really sorry, I'm stuck. I can't get to my test. And I didn't tell him I was in Florida. So I had to take a makeup test when I got back. Um, so, I mean, we've been so many times. It's just a, a thing with my family, I guess. And we've been to Disneyland a couple times. I lived in L.A. for a couple of years, so we would go to Disneyland. It's just a, we have an open weekend, and what are we going to do? Let's go hang out at Disney World, or Disneyland. Um, so, if any free time in my life, I guess, any free money,
5: go back down to
0: Disney World. <laughs> And I was wow. in between jobs last year, which is why I went last year. I had time. And mm-hmm. my job, I don't get vacation time. So if I have in between jobs, that's my time for vacation. Oh, so okay. I went, and then this year we'll be going again. <laughs>
6: <laughs> what was it like going to Disneyland for the first time after going to Disney World so much?
0: It was exciting. I mean, that's the park that, you know, Walt, Founded and he stood on this ground and you know Disney World is is newer obviously but Disneyland was like the original and I had already read a bunch of biographies at that point so I knew you know everywhere we walked especially Main Street like Walt was there Walt did that Walt was right here and I, I took a picture with the, with the partner statue and. I think I remember it being surprisingly small, mm-hmm. so a little bit like seeing the White House for the first time where you expect it to be, the castle is going to be this grand experience and it was a little bit smaller than I was imagining, but it just seems so much more authentic and um, you was know, just real Disney, so that was really exciting for me.
6: Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's my home park, so... It's always nice to hear about people experiencing it for the first time.
0: Yeah, and I wish I could go back more often.
6: Yeah, you need to get out and see the newly redone uh, California Adventure.
0: I really want to. I've seen so many pictures posted from various blogs, and it looks really cool. The lighting, I would just love to go at sundown just to see how the light reflects off the rocks. It just looks beautiful.
6: Yeah, it's amazing. And they've got the storyteller statue, so you could get your picture right next to a statue of Walt, and not in front of him with him up several <laughs> feet. This is, you know, street level. You walk up, stand right next to him and Mickey, and you know the steamer trunk and all of that.
5: I
0: think I did when I was there.
6: Okay. Oh, so uh, your trip last year was out here to Disneyland.
0: No, is that a new statue? There, no, maybe it was a statue of Roy. Is that? I was with some statue, I think.
6: The Storyteller Statute was just unveiled June of last year.
0: Is there one? Maybe it's Roy sitting on a bench.
6: They've got that in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World.
0: Yeah, I'm confusing on my statue. <laughs>
6: it's okay. <laughs> There's so many of them.
0: Oh, you know what it is? Um, no, sorry. I'm thinking there is a... You know how some states have this paint, an iconic symbol of the, the city? So for Baltimore, they had crabs, and Denver had broncos and horses and artists go and actually paint them and then they auction them off Disney at the time was doing the same thing and it was a painted Mickey Mouse that I'm thinking of from Disneyland
6: oh yeah
0: and I have a photo of he's got one hand on his hip and one hand extended out to the side and I'm standing there and um, one hand on my hip one hand extended out to the side next to this, this painted Mickey that's what I got at Disneyland
6: okay now I, I know what you're, what you're talking about. That's very cool. all right. So you spent all this time as a guest and then doing the dance troupe thing and you know still being a guest and all that, and then you finally got to work there in the college program. Can you remember the first time that you thought or that it kind of dawned on you? you know, I'm really here. I'm actually doing this. Um,
0: yeah, I was I just met my new roommate. And she was from Montana, and she's never been to Disney World. And we went into Epcot for the first day right at sunset, and the sun was setting behind Epcot, and I saw her face, which just lit up. She'd never been to Disney World before. And we had just met. It was like being freshman roommates in the dorm, except for here we were, and she's getting her first Disney experience. And for me, that was kind of like... The first day of summer camp, like, wow, this is really cool. I'm here. I've made it. And then working first day at, at a job and putting on the costume was, wow, this is really unflattering, but it's got a Disney name tag.
5: Uh-huh.
0: So, you know, just walking into work that day, walking backstage and cutting through the studios, it's really hard to walk all the way around, so you would cut between backstage and kind of sneak your way on stage and try to blend into the crowd and then go backstage again. And the first time I did that and I was on stage and able to be in the the backstage entrance, was just, whoa, I'm allowed to do this now. And, (laughs) yeah, I I think just that first week of doing the things that always were restricted and seeing my, my college program colleagues experiencing things for the first time was was when I knew that I'm, I made it here. <laughs> I'm doing it.
6: That's great. And, you know, I can still hear hear it in your voice like, as you think back. I can imagine what it would have been like for you the first time because I can still hear it now.
0: Uh, I, I'm really excited when I think about it.
6: Now, what did you love most about what you did?
0: I love the interaction with the guests. A lot of people had very, very quick interactions if they worked quick service food or, you know, the hotels. And I felt like I really got a good chance to either, you know, while I was being a tour guide or even just at the unload area, really talk to them and get to know them, answer any questions they had, and just really make an impact, especially at the water tank and being able to pick people for the show like, I really got to make some memories there, and I don't think a lot of college program people got to do that. As You know, everyone does in their job. as probably working at Disney. But everyday basis, like I did, you know, every job I had, except for driving because I was cut off when I was driving, but everything else was just so guest-oriented that I really felt like, you know, I'm on stage and I'm really able to, Wow! these people with the the information I've been instructed to tell them. And you know, seeing their faces when the canyon spills over with the water or the fire goes off is a really great opportunity to have a real impact and um, be part of their, their Disney experience for like 45 minutes. And it was, the tour is long. Usually you, know, you get to put somebody in a boat for three seconds, and that three seconds you've got to make really count, and I got to be with them for 45 minutes and really enhance their experience that way.
6: Sure. That's really good. You know, I think that when we think of cast members and their engagement with us, we think, well, wow, it's really great that they do that, and, you know, it enhances our experience, but when it means a lot to them to do it, it enhances it even more.
0: Yeah, Definitely. It made my experience on there for sure.
6: Good. Um, now, in passing, I think it was basically in the subject line of the email, you mentioned something about being a college campus representative, also. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was that all about?
0: When I went back to school, you naturally feel a little bit of you need some way to reconnect with the magic because you're back in reality. And so there is an opportunity to become a campus representative, which It's basically just a a resource on campus when they go and do recruiting for more college programs. People they need on-campus students who went through the program to help get the word out and get the recruiting out and also answering questions or just facilitate the new recruits who go out there um, with any questions, you know, how did they get set up? I didn't really have anybody to tell me what did I need to bring or how to prepare and so we became a really big presence on campus after I got back and some of the people from my school who got back around the same time. And um, so we helped out our recruiters. We got our numbers up to, you needed a certain number of people to be at the presentation. And from there, a certain percentage of those people are likely to apply and some percentage are likely not to apply. And so I, I established a, I guess it was a club through the school, so we'd have more access on school property because you had to be an organized student organization before you could get certain privileges, like holding informational meetings in the front of the dining hall. And so we did that, and we plastered Disney stickers all over campus and made our own hidden Mickeys. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if some of them are still there. Probably not by now. And then we actually, we our team got... Of a couple of mouse-kers, which were little statues the Disney company gave us for, for helping and bringing in a certain number of people. Wow. And um, we helped the, the new students that go down there just really enjoy their experience that much more because they could be prepared for it and know what to expect and know what opportunities were there for them when they were down there.
6: hmm
0: Basically, I guess just a liaison with the Disney company and our, our campus.
6: I think it's really cool that you got to leave the college program, but still be connected to it.
0: Yeah, I actually was fairly passionate about that because a lot of people would they would just leave school to stay down there, and a lot of people from my program dropped out of college or they, oftentimes they would relocate to the um, is it University of Central Florida that's down there. Mm-hmm.
6: So, and then yeah. they'd
0: work a semester or study a semester or two and they'd drop out of school because they didn't want to lose the magic when they when the program was over.
5: And mm-hmm.
0: it upset me because you work so hard. You've come so far in, in college, but piece of paper is just so important. And I felt like to an extent Disney wasn't advocating that you do that, but they certainly weren't suggesting you don't do that. They weren't encouraging you to go back to school. But you know, they of course weren't telling you to drop out. But
5: mm-hmm. so
0: it was a it was a passionate topic of mine at the time that all my friends were definitely supposed to go back to school. And then this college Campus Rep was a need to say, but you can still have the magic. And you can still be affiliated with the
6: Right. You can have the both and, kind of like you having your bat mitzvah party and going to Walt Disney World. Yes, yeah,
0: exactly, which is <laughs> my whole thing with life. So, you know, if you can do both, why not?
6: Sure. Absolutely. So did you do the college uh, campus rep uh, through the rest of the time that you were in college? Or was that like a one you know, quarter or two quarter thing or... How much longer did you get to do that?
0: Till I graduated. Okay. And even then, they I was very reluctant to give my badge up.
6: <laughs> they kind of had to drag you out kicking and screaming, huh?
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, isn't there some kind of postgraduate thing you need from me? <laughs> but they said, yeah. no. They Aww. said, you can apply for a job and move to Florida if you want. But otherwise, <laughs> you're done. Move on. <laughs>
6: So how did all of these experiences prepare you for what you're doing now?
0: And the experiences were hugely instrumental. Um, you know, as you know, Disney has a certain customer service mentality. Mm-hmm. And that alone has really worked to set me apart from other people. It's this can-do attitude that they train, they hammer into you during traditions class that, you know, it's really affected me, and, and like, similar to Nate, I was a server too, and the guest first, guest first, and that can translate to anybody first, you know, do everything in your power to make somebody else a little bit happier, and when I worked in LA, that was a huge thing, if I can make my producer's job just a little bit easier, or do just a little thing that adds up to a big thing later for them, and it's in my power, I'm going to do it. And that kind of go-getter attitude has really helped me and um, set me apart from other lower-end people, you know, like the other production assistants or, you know, when there's so much, there's a huge pool of people who, they want these very coveted positions. You know, Something like what Disney taught me and the, the attitudes that they brought on and the, the happiness, you know, just being a, An energized, happy-go-lucky person actually makes a pretty big difference on a fairly jaded sunset.
6: (laughs) Hmm, I bet.
0: Yeah. So all that, it all comes back to customer service, and everybody is a a guest in life. you treat everybody like a guest, then um, people are going to pay attention, they're going to start to notice, and you'll get places.
6: Yeah, that little thing can make you stand out a lot.
0: Yeah, it's surprising because I think it's sem- so much second nature. I think it's common sense, but it's not. And only Disney people seem to think it it is.
6: Right, <laughs> which I guess makes it that much easier for Disney people to stand out and you know be exceptional.
5: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it, the other thing is, Disney knows it's it's the details, and everything mm. is in the details, and if. You grow up thinking that, then you're going to end up being a detail oriented person, which a lot of employers are looking for.
6: Also true. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right.
0: Yeah.
6: Was being on the uh, video shoot for Mission Space and Philhar Magic, I know you said that that gave you more of a, like a real world look at what was happening behind the camera. Uh, did any of that uh, help prepare you for the? Uh, production work that you do you know, now and have done since then? Oh, yeah. Or was it just kind of an initial exposure?
0: Um, a little bit of both. It was the first time I really got to see what was going on in my textbooks come to life. Um, so it was a really good way to see how all the gears work together to make a final product. And, of course, I only got to see the actual production and so much more goes in beforehand and after and, and post-production, but to be on set was just a way to see you know, what goes into making people on set happy. They had a, a snack table that had certain elements on it, definitely a, a lot of coffee. That was my time when I realized every production set needs a good snack table, which sounds <laughs> dumb, but it's actually really important to keep everybody working and motivated and energized. And... Um, Sure. You know, what are the production assistants, what are their primary responsibilities? And I got to see when they put themselves in, into the middle of the action and when they took themselves out, which is an important skill actually to learn because you don't want to get in the way or get in the shot accidentally. So it was really cool to see how... It was almost like a dance to me. I, mean, I have a dance background, so to see the, the flow of where the camera went and how the lights were set up as opposed to the camera and which people were supposed to be in the middle of the action at any given time. And so that was my first time seeing how it all comes together. And it's like the light bulb went
6: off. And I said, I can do that.
5: And
0: and I, I was like, I could be a PA.
5: I could do that. <laughs> so I, I did.
6: Good for you. And then that's gone on and parlayed itself from there to where you're now an associate producer, is that right? Mm-hmm,
0: yep. Um, I'm an associate producer for a small company here in D.C., and we do work for Discovery.
6: Oh, okay, wow. So yep. this helped set you up for a really good uh, production career, which <laughs> is still in its early stages.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I took a very circuitous route to get into documentary production. i I started with an internship in music videos and moved to Nashville. I moved to LA to try to get into music videos more and ended up in movie trailers and TV spots. And then I left LA to come back here and work at National Geographic. And um, left National Geographic to go work at Discovery and the iPad app. And then came over um, after doing another stint back at Geographic. And now I'm, I'm with a place called Sirens Media.
6: Wow, yeah, that is quite the circuitous route.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of its production is just very different forms and just work my way up. So what I do basically is all the logistics and um, assist anything the producer needs, but I'm mostly responsible for release forms and setting up shoots and making sure the post-production flows smoothly and everybody has what they need, finding stock footage and, and stuff like that.
6: Okay, This is probably a really silly question, but it's coming from somebody who doesn't know the production side at all, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. it. What's the difference between an associate producer and a production assistant?
0: Um, A production assistant is lower on the totem pole. So basically a production assistant will assist me and I assist the producer. So I have more responsibility and more weight on my shoulders to make sure things don't go wrong. So the the associate producer is basically the ultimate problem solver. Anything that could go wrong is my responsibility to make sure it doesn't happen. The production assistant, you know, because I can't always do everything myself and I can delegate and it's their best way to learn how to spot problems before they happen and how to manage things and they'll learn from me and I'll help the, the producer who's really more of the storyteller.
6: Okay. Does
0: that make sense?
6: It does, yeah. I knew they were different positions, and I had no idea how they related to each other, so that helps a lot. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's confusing, and I'm so indoctr- indoctrinated into it that I I don't necessarily know if I'm breaking it down in ways that you can understand
6: or not. No, that was good. That was good. Uh, now, from your time the working at... Uh, the studios at you know at the time it was disney mgm studios now disney's hollywood studios uh and most of your positions you had this time of interacting with and relating to the guests so do you have any favorite stories of that time of something that made magic for a guest that you were able to do or even maybe something a guest did that made some magic for you
0: yeah everyone at disney has those stories um kind of think, I mean, the only one that really jumps to mind real fast, there's a, a little girl that fainted right after Ooh. getting off the shuttle. And, and I just sprinted to get her a bottle of water. I just, like, I jumped over the gate and got to the, <laughs> the stand as fast as I could and um, came back, and she was just dehydrated. She hadn't drank in a while. Um, and I remember another girl at the end. My best memories actually came at that unload station for some reason. Hmm. And she spoke Spanish. She didn't speak any English. And she stood there for, I don't know, twenty minutes teaching me Spanish um, as her way of communicating with me because
3: I
5: knew
0: very, very little Spanish, but just enough to get by. And she just stood there and she was so proud of herself that she could communicate to someone who doesn't speak her language and She taught me, you know, basic phrases and I I just acted like I didn't know any Spanish whatsoever and she was teaching me how to say hello and how to turn to the right or how to say go to the left and she ended up telling me how much fun she had on on the shuttle ride and that she liked the canyon and she thought that she had taught me all of those words so I could understand her telling me how great that experience was and I, I, I played along. I understood Anyway, but um, she was very, very proud of herself. She was the cutest little girl. And, um, wow. she, yeah, she was went on. Her mom made her say goodbye eventually and dragged her away. But <laughs> I just, I loved talking to her. I, I could have stood there for an hour, maybe more, just learning Spanish from this little girl. Yeah, other times, I mean, just my sing-alongs when we were stuck in the canyon, which is so much fun, having little families in the front with young kids. They get really into it. And seeing them, like, a microphone put in their face, and they're all really excited about hearing their voices come over the speakers. Um, Little things. I didn't get a lot of opportunity to make magic in the way that, you know, other people could. I couldn't put them onto a parade. I didn't have the authority to give them special buttons or... You know, I, I didn't have that, those kind of props to work with, but every day I, just, I got to interact a little bit here and a little bit there with the guests and see them smile. And you know, my favorite part was seeing them get drenched in the water tank, <laughs>
5: um,
0: and having them come up and say, "Thanks for getting my my friend there. That was great."
5: Uh, <laughs> you know,
0: can I get a copy of that video you guys play? Which unfortunately we we didn't record it, so we can but, I mean, just, you know, everyday joy like that, you know, it may not be putting somebody in a parade, but, um, you know, it made their day or at least their, their time at the backlight tour, and that made me happy, too.
6: Definitely. And, you know, only a few guests a day can be in the parade, but there's tens of thousands more there that all want to have magical experiences, too. So the fact that you were able to do what you did with the, the position that you had in the area that you were in, I'm sure it made a difference to countless guests and made their vacation special.
0: Yeah, and we could sit, I think it was 160 people on each of the shuttles. So, you know, I, I got to make 160 people, hopefully if I'm, if I'm funny enough, I could make 160 <laughs> people laugh or smile at least. And, um, you know, I try to get the back of the shuttle as involved as, as the front. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they smiled for 45 minutes, it's a long time to capture people's attention. So we must not have done, you know, we must have done pretty good.
5: I think yeah. that our, our
0: project was, you know, it was a really good tour at the time. And, you know, it's still a pretty good tour, but it was a really good tour.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't get to experience it at the time. It was that extensive yeah now I'm curious having done that with the backlot tour uh, do you regret not being able to work the jungle cruise or was that a pretty good substitute
5: um
0: it was a pretty good substitute I make a lot of really bad friends to my my friends I got over not being able to make them to total strangers
6: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good
0: (laughs) yeah my friends don't seem to enjoy them they they make us look at pain on their face, so I guess it probably is better for the world <laughs> that, <laughs> that I didn't.
6: <laughs> yeah, secretly they're enjoying them, and you just keep telling yourself that.
0: <laughs> exactly. The worse the pain on their face, the funnier my joke must have been.
6: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, any capacity anywhere in the company, what would it be and why?
0: I had a feeling you were going to tell me this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it's not exactly with the Disney company, but at this very moment, if Leslie Iwerks were to call me and say, I really need an associate producer for my documentary, um, you know, just doing a documentary on Imagineering.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I would, I would jump up at the opportunity in a heartbeat and I would love to be her associate producer. But um, since that's not likely to happen and I don't live in California. And just any job creating videos, you know, the, if they needed to update the China video in the 360 there. hmm Yeah, any, any movie making in the, the theme park setting, you know, theme park productions or anything like that, I think would lend itself well to the skills that I've developed over the years and it would be really fun.
6: Okay. Good. That sounds good. What do you never get asked that you wish people would ask you?
0: I actually had a feeling you're going to ask this one, too. Okay, good. (laughs) And I've been thinking all day what I would answer, and I still didn't come up with anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because I'm usually the one asking the questions. I'm not usually the one answering them. So just asking any questions, I guess, is great. (laughs)
6: Okay. Aside from the last couple that are my standard questions, is there anything that I haven't asked that you'd like to talk about?
0: Um, no, but bring back Beta
6: Mouse.
0: <laughs> I just want to get that message out there.
6: I'm I'm right there with you. If we could find a way to bring back Beta Mouse, I would be all for it. You hear that, yeah. Nate? Because I know you're listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nate, if you're listening, Beta Mouse is the first podcast that I found. I, I didn't even know what a podcast was, and I came back from Disney World last year. And I was in between jobs, like I said, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And Beta Mouse came, got me through my, my two weeks of vacation. Well, unemployment, but vacation.
5: And <laughs>
0: <laughs> I listened nonstop. And I learned a lot from you guys. So, Nate, bring it back. Just saying.
6: There you go. All
0: right.
6: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what inspires you?
0: Go-getters. Go-getters inspire me. It starts with Disney. He was the ultimate go-getter. But if you have passion for something and you go about it smart, and not just people who launch into something without any planning, but I love people who say that they want to do something and here's their plan, and that's how they're going to do it. And I just love it. I get really excited for them, and I'm like, okay, that sounds great. Sign me up. I want to help. And so, yeah,
6: you your go-getter. There's nothing better. Good. Sounds good. I like it. Uh, now, you've also had some pretty amazing experiences working for Disney. I mean, you got to do those couple of video shoots, which not many people can say they did, and then just being in the position that you were in at the studios and then coming back and being the college campus rep. And so I'm sure, you know, a lot of people – they're listening to this interview, have said more than once, you know, I wish I could do that, but I probably can't. It's just not going to happen for me. If you could give some advice to that person, what would you say?
0: I would say just look into how to do it. Ask. Ask questions. You know, I thought it'd be kind of cool to be on a podcast, and you said you're looking for people who worked at Disney and I didn't really think my stories as much as, you know, some of the people you've interviewed, but I interview and look where it got us. So there no harm in asking. The worst they can say is no. It's true. And if you live your life by that, you'll get into places you didn't think were possible. But yeah. you did because someone said yes. But so they can't say yes if you didn't ask.
6: You know, you're right. It seems so obvious. And yet I wonder how many people had never thought of it quite that way before.
0: I think a lot of people are afraid to ask if they're afraid Mm -hmm. of the rejection or they're afraid of putting people out of their way, but mm, it doesn't take any extra effort to say no. So if people don't want to do whatever it is you want them to do or get you the ability to do, they're not going to be shy about saying no. So it's worth, it's worth asking the question, I guess.
6: Yeah, definitely makes sense. And I hope that encourages somebody that's listening that has been thinking that to you know, maybe do a little bit of investigation or to ask somebody.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Like you say, it's not going to hurt.
0: It doesn't hurt, and you know, the Internet's a wonderful thing. So if you're afraid to ask because you you're afraid you don't know enough about what it is you're hoping to learn about, look everything up that you can so you feel prepared and then ask. You know, Find the right people and then reach out. And, you know, just put yourself out there to get a response, whatever response it will be. But, you know, putting yourself out there, and I'm a huge consumer. I just, I love reading and I love the internet. And I I just absorb like a sponge anything and everything. And that means that when I put myself out there to ask for things or ask how I can help, um, you know, I'm mentally somewhat prepared because I've already absorbed pretty much everything that there is to, to absorb. So if you're afraid to ask, then you know having that knowledge background might give you the confidence.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, knowledge is definitely powerful and provides a little bit of extra boost of confidence sometimes when it's needed. So that's a good extra little bit of advice there too.
0: Yeah. I listened to all your podcasts before this because I was a little bit late to coming on kind of thing sure I just absorb everything so when you ask me some things I, I know it's coming or at least I feel confident enough to to do this
6: yeah that's good not everybody does that and then we have to sit for a while while they think of an answer
0: <laughs> although some of my answers would have been better if I thought about them <laughs>
6: <laughs> no you've done good you really have Okay, so last thing here, and since you've listened to it, you know this is coming. And I don't know if you have anything for this or not, but if you do, it is shameless plug time. So if there's anything that you'd like to mention or promote, any projects that you're working on, or a blog, or you know, if people can connect with you on Facebook or Twitter, you know, you want to call out BetaMouse one more time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I might have to. I'm I'm such a consumer. I haven't really done much in the way of you know, personal projects. You know, I've done work for Discovery, Investigation Discovery, National Geographic, all of which I'm proud of, but because I'm not a certified PR person for Discovery, I don't know if I'm allowed to say very much. I don't, don't want to get myself in trouble. Um, so I guess I'm on Twitter, just Rachel Share. I don't really post very much, but maybe I will now. Um <laughs> If anybody needs any help with anything, I I love helping, and I have free time to help. I just, I haven't. So bring me projects. Well, I'll do whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really. bait a mouse. Bring
5: it back. <laughs> All
6: right. And if, if somebody does want to reach out to you to ask a question or get help with a project or something, uh, would they do that through Twitter, or do you want to give an email address? Or?
0: Um, let's do it through Twitter, and I'll, I'll just check. So, okay. It's just Rachel Share R-A-C-H-S-C-H-E-R. Um, that's my Twitter Twitter handle. So reach out through there, and if I if I get it, I'll respond. I'll just make sure I check it.
6: Okay. And you broke up just a little bit there, so I'm just going to repeat it oh, to make sorry. sure that everybody gets it. It's okay. It's R-A-C-H-E-L-S-C-H-E-E-R on Twitter.
0: One e, two r's.
6: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so. R-A-C-H-E-L-S-C-H-E-R-R. Okay. Gotcha. And then I'll link to that in the show notes, too, so that people don't have to try to make sure they get the right number of E's and R's.
5: (laughs) Yeah,
0: I need to think of something more clever, you know, Disney Gal or Bolt San or something. I don't know. I'll come up with something better.
6: (laughs) Okay. Well, if you do and you you change (laughs) it, let me know and I'll update it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sending that email and reaching out to me. I really appreciate it, and it's been fun talking to you.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you reaching out to um, actually make it happen.
3: My name is Al.
4: And I'm Joyce.
3: And we're We're huge huge Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others.
4: That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun.
3: And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www com and in iTunes
4: and remember make,
3: make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey day. day
2: that brings us to the end of this week's show a very special thank you to Rachel Scher for being my guest and to you for listening if you've worked for the Walt Disney Company in any capacity and you'd like to share a positive story email me at podcast at stories of the or Or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY, anytime, 24 hours a day, just like Rachel did. Well, she emailed, but you know what I mean. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let's talk. If you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience and had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic... Maybe somebody on the back lot tour at Disney's Hollywood Studios, or any cast member, or any Disney employee anywhere. If you've had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you, too. Email me at podcast at com, or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website... Or you can hear stories of the magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. It looks like we're going to have another couple of weeks until a new episode comes out. To give you a sneak peek, I'm currently working on my favorite musicians from my Disney cruise on the Disney Wonder, a couple more Imagineers, more Parks cast members, and even an author and former Disney executive. It's not Michael Eisner, but if you're listening, Mr. Eisner, I'd love to interview you for the podcast. Be sure you're subscribed, and the next episode will automatically hit your feed as soon as it's available. And if you don't want to have to wait for new episodes, call in, write in, or tell your friends to call in or write in. The more guests I get lined up, the fewer gaps there are between episodes. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. Those ratings help make the podcast more visible, so it's easier for people to find. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic. Finally, this episode has been brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching. If you're looking for more joy, passion, and purpose in your life, let me help you break free of your limiting, performance-based natural identity and embrace your supernatural kingdom identity. To find out more about how I can help you, access some free resources and read my blog, Faith and the Magic Kingdom, visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories. I've also got a very exciting and valuable video series that I mentioned last week that I'll be releasing soon, probably right around the end of April or the beginning of May, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days, and other stories, but this tale is finished.
1: You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.